This is a 980 CKNW podcast. We have uh, talked a lot about housing, about the different types of housing uh, that is built uh, in Vancouver. We've talked empty houses. Uh, There have been many people who uh, get upset and who don't uh, approve of tearing down homes, especially when they are replaced by bigger single-family homes. Well, that is something that my next guest has looked at. And Jensvon Bergman is a data visualizer with the Vancouver-based firm Mountain Math and joins us on the line now. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me, Jill. Good morning. Uh, talk about the findings or what you've looked at, because you've looked specifically at tearing down a single-family house in Vancouver, rebuilding another house, and uh, the environmental cost of that. That's right. So um, we've looked at specifically the city of Vancouver, and uh, within the city of Vancouver, in the single-family zoned areas. That is areas where the only thing that you can build is um, a single family home, nowadays possibly with a suite or a laneway house. And if you tear anything down in that area, all you can do is replace it with something of the same form, possibly bigger, um, if it was a smaller house to start with. And um, what we've done is there's really two steps here. And step one is we looked at um, why do single-family homes get torn down? What are variables um, or properties of these homesteads uh, make it more likely to be torn down? And um, after we understood this, we built a model to predict um, what maybe get torn down in the future. Um, based on this model, we then looked at, well, what are the environmental impacts? So... Um, it's, it's a probabilistic model. We can't, of course, say, well, this particular home will get torn down. What We assign probabilities, and then we ran that model forward and modeled um, the um, emissions that um, this causes. So there are really two kinds of emissions that we have to balance. Uh, one is the new home typically is more energy efficient. Um, so that means that the new home will use less energy Um, while you live in it, while people live in it, than the old one did. But tearing down a home and rebuilding it also causes emissions. And the question is, how long does it take for the efficiencies of the new home to offset this emissions from the rebuild process? Right, because that's one of the arguments often is that new homes are more energy efficient. Therefore, even though you're you're tearing one down and building another one, it's going to you're going to come out ahead in the long run. But how long does it take? How long would that house, the new home, have to be functioning to to get to a, 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 a an even swap? Well, so that's the big question. So, um, and will that house stay around long enough, or will it get torn down again? before these um, um, efficiencies realize. So we found that if we look at current building standards, so if we build to the current um, emission standards set by the city, it takes about 168 years. So um, homes aren't likely to stay around that long in Vancouver. So um, that would really be a a net negative. Um, But as soon as the new city of Vancouver emission standards are more stringent in 2025 hit, um, that time gets um, shortened significantly to about 30 years. And um, if people want to even go beyond that and build something like Passive House, it will be um, even even shorter, maybe around 25. So, so this process, it really depends on what is being replaced and at what time. But with current uh, standards, it's about 168 years, and it, it'll come out as a net negative. 
And when you when you said as well that you looked at what types of homes are torn down and why they're torn down, it does seem like there's a big range in that older, smaller homes are, are torn down to make way for bigger ones. But then there are also homes that aren't that old uh, that are torn down, whether it's for land assembly or, or what have you. It does seem like there's there's a difference as far as what's being knocked down. Right. So it's not necessarily age that is the most important variable here. So um, in our study, we actually we excluded things like land assembly, which um, is a case where a single family home gets torn down, but then a different form of building gets built, doesn't get replaced necessarily by a single family home. So this would be where um, the single family zoning um, gets rezoned into um, allow different type of housing. So uh, we only looked at the parts where the only thing you can replace it with, again, is a single-family home. And there, the most important variable is actually not age and it's not size, but what the most important predictor of, of a teardown probability is, is the um, when you buy the place, um, what's the value of the house versus the overall sticker price? So the value of the house, I mean, just the structure, not the land or anything else associated with it. So, um, for example, if you spend $1 million to buy this property and the house on top of it is worth $50,000, that's essentially um, how much it costs to build a fancy garage, then um, this house is very likely to get torn down. And it doesn't matter how old the house is. It could be fairly new, it could be from the 70s or even 80s. It could be from the 40s. Um, what really matters is, is this um, the value of this structure compared to the overall sticker price. Right. Uh, you mentioned, too, that uh, you so you looked at single-family homes being replaced and the replacement might have a suite or might have a laneway house. Uh, do you think, will it change mm-hmm. much when it, when the city, if the city does bring in the rezoning that allows for more, more densification in what have traditionally been single-family home neighborhoods? Yeah, so what we have found is that because it's really the land economics that is driving this teardown, we call it tear-down cycle, because as you mentioned, often fairly recent homes already get torn down again, and that already we tore down something to be built. So um, because it's this land economics um, to keep buildings longer, um, what what would be important is to build a more valuable home on top. But nowadays that's pretty hard. If you want to rebuild a new home, you, ideally you want to be in a situation that the value of the structure is about 70% of the purchase price. Hmm. Now, in Vancouver, on average, it is about 7.5%. That's just overall the building stock. And for a new building, you're lucky to get to about the 40% range. So the buildings that we put on there, they're already um, sort of halfway down on, the, on its way to teardown territory in terms of the value of the building. Um, and one way to improve this is to, for example, instead of allowing a, uh, only a single-family home to be built, if one allows a sixplex, um, that structure uh, would already be worth a lot more just because um, it, it's just a bigger structure. It has more units in it. It has um, so, so you build a more valuable property on that home. So that's one factor. And the other one is if you're allowed to stratify 
also there are several parties living there that also slows down the teardown process because suddenly you ask maybe six parties that need to agree to a teardown and a rebuild. Right, right. Uh, what, what do you were you surprised at all by by the finding? And that we have talked a lot about the teardowns in Vancouver. There have been many people concerned about the number of homes that are torn down uh, and and what replaces them. Were you surprised at all by by how the numbers worked out? Well, when we first looked at this, and um, we also built a visualization that sort of shows historically that all the buildings that have been torn down over time, it's some sort of time animation. Um, I was actually quite surprised. Just, um, you know, I've seen teardowns, but um, I've only lived in Vancouver now for um, about seven, eight years. And I've seen some of this, but it, it really has hit me when I saw this, this visualization, just how some neighborhoods really got torn down, maybe even half the homes within a span of 20 years. Um, so that really I found quite shocking. All right. We'll have to leave it there. I find it very interesting. And you're right. I'm sure you're not the only one shocked by the number of homes that have been demolished in the city. We're out of time, so we'll leave it there. But thank you so much for coming back on the program. Great to talk to you again this morning. Thanks, Jill. It was great to be here again. All right. Thank you. That is Jens von Bergman. He is a data visualizer with the firm based in Vancouver. It's the firm called Mountain Math and talking about the environmental cost when single family homes are torn down. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at CKNW.com, the Radio Player Canada app. Tune in Amazon Alexa HD radio at 101.1 FM HD2 and on the AM dial 980 CKNW.